Debbie, Mike, band, choir, Ryan, Randy, good job. Thanks, everybody. I need a Savior. What a perfect lead-in to today's sermon. Hope today. See, our only hope is the fact that we can recognize that we, indeed, need a Savior. And that Savior, I have good news for you. We know who that is. That's our Lord, Jesus Christ. The only place that we can find true hope for salvation, for eternal life, for forgiveness, for Christianity, we know this. We're going to talk about hope today on a Christian level. But before we get there, let me ask you, what is it that you hope for in your life? I mean, you could say so many things here, the things I want, the things you need, the things you think you need. For, for the longest time, I hoped that the Cubs would win the World Series. Now, I hope they win a second World Series. And you hope that I'll stop mentioning it, but I'm going to. I'm going, it's just happening. It's happening. We, hey, we waited a long time, and we're going to use it as much as we, probably the rest of my ministry career, yeah. But we're talk, let's talk about legitimate hope here. Besides those kind of things that don't matter. Ryan's going to be preaching here next Sunday night. Like not tonight, but next Sunday night, he's going to have his first sermon. I'm proud of him for doing that, for stepping out and saying, I'll do it. And I hope that you all come to support him. So to say, this is a young man who, and I say young man, he's my age, right? So he's a young man who works very hard for our church. And quite honestly, there's no excuse for you not to come and support him next Sunday and say, Hey, Ryan, thank you. Good job. Let's preach the word of God. We're going to support you as a church family. So I'm encouraging you to say, I hope that you come. I hope that we have a very large audience for him to, in encouragement next Sunday night. No excuses. But now when we talk about not just things that we hope for, but an attitude of hope. That's the kind of thing I want to talk about today. Hope today for a Christian. A hope is an attitude of Christianity. It's an application of faith. You can see Martin Luther King Jr. quote up on your screen right now. We must accept finite disappointments, but never lose infinite hope. Finite disappointments infinite hope so we got to keep it real let's keep it real we're not going to say everything's always going to be perfect just the way that we want it keep it real but never give up hope but you might be saying hope for what well i think three major categories would fit today in yourself never give up hope for yourself or in yourself to hope that you can continue to follow that path of righteousness, to grow and be a better Christian every single day. And on the days where you backstep a little bit, to get back on track and follow that path of righteousness. Don't ever give up hope in yourself. Don't ever give up hope for others. Does anybody know anybody that doesn't come to church? Does anybody know anybody that doesn't believe? We all do. We all do. Do not give up hope for them. Ladies and gentlemen, i got good news for you. That hope that we have as Christians and the salvation that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ works for them as well. And there's still hope that maybe they'll see that. Maybe they'll believe. That just maybe. Now, let me clarify this. This does not mean, 
that you have to enable them. This does not mean that you have to accept their perhaps sinful lifestyle. But it does mean do not give up hope. If you have an, an addict in your life, so many of us do. It, it's such a, a bad epidemic across our country right now. I am most certainly telling you right now, do not give up hope on them. But that does not mean to give them your money. It does not mean to give them your money. But it does mean to pray for them. It does mean to tell them Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. It does mean to tell them about the salvation and the hope that you have and why. See, because when it comes down to it, we know we're not going to give up hope on ourselves. We're not going to give up hope on others. But most importantly, folks, do not give up hope in God. We've got to have biblical optimism in our lives. We can't say the words, I can't. We know that we don't do that around here. It's been a while since we've done this, at least three weeks probably. But we let's say, look, look at this next slide. Yes, you can. Yes, you can have biblical optimism. Ryan, look, man, you got to stay with me or I'm going to take back what I said about your next sermon. Yes, you can stay with me. Right? Yes, you can. Yes, you can have biblical optimism. Yes, you can have hope in God every day in your life in a way that shows, in a way that's evident, in a way that everybody around you has to ask you this question. Why do you have so much hope in your life? And whenever they've done that, you've done your job. Why? Because that's an open door, isn't it? Now you get the chance to tell them why that you can have hope. When we look at that biblical optimism, this is how I would define it. It's the result of faith and trust in the character and word of God. In other words, guys, I believe what this says. I'm not going to take away from it. I'm not going to add to it. I believe in the word of God. And what the word of God tells me is that I need to trust my Lord. I need to trust my Savior. I need to trust in the character of God. And when we trust in the character of God, that means that we know that he cannot lie to us. We know that he is all good. And that means that he's given us a promise. Have you read about it? Have you read about Have you heard about the promise that God gives us through his son, Jesus? It's all right here in this best book ever. In the word of God. And I trust the character that this book tells me about of God. Which means, as a Christian, I have no choice but to live my life with optimism. Now look, it's easy for me to get cynical. Personally. And you know, Scott and Maria, they can tell you that. We get, we get calls all the time. From people who need money, need this. Need, and we help them wherever we can. Oftentimes it's to the help office. But I get real cynical of people, personally. Like, if you're telling me that your heat is shut off today, or your electricity is shut off today, you knew that that was going to happen before today. And if that makes me cynical, so be it. So be it. That doesn't mean we're not going to try to help people. Of course, that we, we're going to try to help people, whatever we can, as a church, as a congregation. But you know what is better to give them than money to pay something or a dime? Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the hope that we have in our Lord. Silver and gold I have none, Peter and John said. But what I have is worth far more. We're going to trust in that character of God and we're going to have that biblical optimism because we know when we read this, guess what? We win. We're the victors. We're the champions. And we didn't do it on our own. 
We didn't throw that game-winning pitch or make that game-winning shot. Jesus did. And he did it for you and he did it for me. So that resulting biblical optimism, that hope that we have. What are we going to have? What's that going to mean for us? How are we going to get to that level? Three ways today we're going to look at. Number one, it takes confidence. Remember this verse I've used it a few times here recently. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. With confidence. Remember Esther, she couldn't approach that throne of King Xerxes with confidence. She had to approach it with fear. But how do we, how are we able to approach our mighty God? Our awesome God? With confidence. Thanks to Jesus and the grace that we have through him. We've got to have that confidence in our Christian lives every single day. How can people look at us and say we're hopeful people if we don't have confidence in our faith? How are we going to show that confidence with actions, with attitude, by our behavior, how we treat others? Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will find will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to pray every day that we can have this confident hope that Paul speaks of in his letter to the Romans. That confident hope in Jesus. That confident hope in the gospel message. That confident hope in the forgiveness that we have. Because without it, there is no hope. There's none. When I think of a, a story of hope, of confident hope, how can I not think of these 12 spies? And you can read about this story in Numbers chapter 13 if you want to. These 12 spies, we're talking about the Israelites. They had been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. Now they have uh, had the big exodus. They've left Egypt and they're waiting to go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, if you will. A land that God is telling them is going to be flowing with milk and honey. That's going to be theirs for the taking. So they send in spies. Because listen, it's not like this land was unoccupied. Others had moved in while the Israelites had been gone for 430 years. Others had taken ownership of this. Not really ownership, really. Because it belonged to the Israelites. It belonged to God. God, uh, Moses sends in 12 spies. These 12 spies representing, of course, the 12 tribes of Israel. They go in and they stay for a while and they check things out. They come back and they give a report to Moses, to Aaron, to the Israelites. What did they say? Well, ten of them, ten of them said, Oh, there's giants big and tall. Oh, there's no way we can defeat these people. Yes, we realize that God has used all these plagues, that we, we, we followed a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. We've walked across the Red Sea on dry land with walls of water on each side of us. We know all that. But now these folks, they're too big. We can't conquer that. That's the attitude they had, and that is not an attitude of hope. They said, these people were so big, they made us feel like grasshoppers. Has anybody ever seen a grasshopper? Has anybody stepped on a grasshopper? Right? That's how they felt. That's how they felt. They'll just squish us. They'll just destroy us. Two, however, two, Caleb and Joshua, we're good. Remember the old song? Ten were bad and two were good. Is that how it went? Y'all sang that one here growing up, I assume. Ten were bad and two were good. Caleb and Joshua said what? We can take them. We can take them. These great clusters are so big 
This land is so awesome and our God is so powerful. Let's go right now. Let's go right now. More on this in a little bit. But you can see that these two positive people, optimistic people, confident people, hopeful people, trusting in God people. They're going to have a reward for that behavior. But they're outnumbered. So what would you see? If you were in their situation, what would you see? It's, all, it's real easy for us, isn't it, to say, I would see the good. I would trust God and I would say, let's go crush them. Let's go take care of them. I would see the big giant clusters of graves and I would say, wow, this is our land. That's easy for us to say, isn't it? But we're not in that situation. So now let's take ourselves out of that mindset and put us in our situation right now. In your lives, in our church, in our community, in our world. What do you see? Do you see giants, big and tall? Do you see things that we as Christians cannot overcome? Do you see a world where we are the losers? What do you see? Do you see people in your own lives who you believe you can never reach for God? What do you see? Do you see Potential success. Do you see hope? Do you see a world that has already been conquered by our Savior Jesus? Do you see people in your life right now who may not know the Lord yet, but they still can? What do you see? It's kind of like the old adage, right? Half cup, uh, cup half full, half empty. Half, I guess, either way. But is it half full or is it half empty? And we can all sit here and look and say, yeah, I know i got to look at this as half full. The fact is, this is a cup and it's half of something, right? There's water in it about halfway up. And you can look at it either way. It doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is you and your faith. What do you see? When you look around in your life and the work that we know that we need to do with confident hope in Jesus, what do you see? Now listen, I wish that we could all... What did Joshua and Caleb say? They said, let's go take it right now. Maybe we can't do that. I think that, yes, you can. But maybe that's not our best strategy. I think we have to know that with hope, to keep it real, it's going to take time. And like John Wooden said, it takes time to create excellence. If it could be done quickly, more people would do it. Of course. Of course, right? It's going to take some time to be able to have the kind of hope that we need to have as Christians. Got a little video for you, so everybody just uh, check this out.
Strike three. Wow. I'm the greatest picture in the world. Optimism. Pass it on. A message from the Foundation for a Better Life. He struck himself out. <laughs> the greatest picture in the world. Can you think about that kind of optimism in our lives as Christians? That's just a cute little video, of course. Uh, but here this kid is throwing this ball up, and he's saying as confidently as possible that he's the greatest ever. And maybe at that point, he wasn't. But just like that little boy, like anybody else, you can be. But it is going to take time. It's going to take a lot of patience. It's going to take confidence as well, of course. Because if he was to throw that ball up and say, man, I'm not going to be able to do this, he certainly wasn't going to be able to do it. You've got to believe that you can, folks. You've got to believe that when you ask your neighbor next door to come to church with you, to know Jesus, your family member, you've got to believe that, yes, you can. And they just may say yes one day. I promise you that would be the case. This is the best hitter in the world. You can fill in whatever you want in that blank there. You can fill in the best pitcher in the world. You can fill in the, the, the best Christian in the world. You can, you can fill in whatever you want to fill in there. Because really, one thing I want to touch on that is, it's not a competition. If it's a competition, we all lose. That's the, the, the rules of law right? that we've been talking about on Wednesday night a lot compared uh, to the, the, the rules of grace. But here's what we know we can do. And this kind of goes back to uh, the army, Rob. Be all that you can be. Is that army? Is that, is, uh, is that Marines? Army? Be all that you can be is something that we could all say for us in our Christian life. See, it's not a competition between who can be the best Christian ever, is it? Because I promise you, you're going to lose that battle. Jesus set the tone. He set the precedence. But what can we do? Be the best that you can be. Be all that you can be in your faith. Now i got to ask you, are you? What do you see? Romans 12, 11 through 12 says, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Am I reading the wrong verse? Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Right? There's that confident hope again. Be patient in trouble. Be patient. It's going to take time. It's the character of optimism. How is the character of optimism born? Through struggles. It takes time. You can sit here and say all day long, I'm optimistic about what's going to happen. But if you've not been through struggles or troubles or the storms that we talked about last week, how can you really know? You've got to trust Jesus. It's kind of like developing the ability to play an instrument. Whether it's a trumpet or a guitar or a baritone or even a flute, Kara. Even a flute. It takes time. I promise you, we've got a real good flute player up here. I don't know if you all knew that or not. She is very, very skilled. And that didn't just come overnight. She worked hard to get there. I was blessed last Friday... Uh, to go to Wayland Elementary School to be, again, part of their career day. And every year that I've gone and done that, I get to represent two separate professions, uh, ministry and musician. And I, don't, I am not a professional musician by any stretch of the imagination. 
but I feel that void, kind of telling them what it was going to take, what, what they might need. And the story that I always get the most, uh, I think, they pay attention the closest to is, you know, I used to have to practice so hard in college that my lips would bleed. Seriously. And you know what I did after that? Kept practicing. I couldn't afford to stop. I had to keep practicing right through the pain. Had to develop that, that practice ability, that skill. That's the same thing with our hope, folks. You've got to keep being hopeful through those struggles. Even when your heart bleeds. Even when it hurts. Even whenever you have those times where you just want to give up. You've got to be hopeful right on through that. That's called developing a character of hope. Or developing a character of optimism, if you will. Now, think about this for a second. This hope that I speak of, we know it takes time. We know that we're going to have to have that confident hope, like the scriptures have said in Romans twice now. But I think that it's important that we all understand this is not a request from God. This is a command. It's our responsibility. We must have hope. How can you not, as a Christian, how can you not? It's a responsibility to each and every one of us that says, I believe in Jesus Christ, that he is my Savior, and I put my trust and my hope and my faith in him. It's our responsibility. No more excuses. No more excuses. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. We are the salt of the earth. That's what we as believers are. We have a responsibility to season the earth. Christ is coming back. And I want this place primed and ready to go. I'm going to cook pork chops later tonight. I'm going to cook steaks next week. I'm going to season those things before I cook them. I'm going to throw a little salt on there. I'm going to throw a little bit of seasoning on there. Does anybody else do that? Of course. You want it to be prepared. That's us as Christians. So how are we going to season it? Salty? I don't want to be salty to the earth. But we're going to be the salt of the earth. We're going to season it with joy. We're going to season it with happiness. We're going to season it with enthusiasm about the Lord. We're going to season it with hope. Confident hope. Joy. Happiness and hope. So what are we going to do then, folks? As Christians, as believers, as members of Hartford Christian Church, as members of the church universal, what, what is our responsibility now? Not just to season the earth with joy and happiness, because certainly we can't be the negative people. We can't be. Who would ever want to be a part of a faith that is nothing but, but a bunch of Debbie Downers? Right? Oh, it stinks. Oh, the world's horrible. What would you rather be? Would you rather be a pessimist or an optimist? If you're sick in the hospital, would you rather be a pessimist or would you rather be an optimist? If you're sick in the hospital and I come to see you, would you rather me come in there pessimistically or would you rather me come in there optimistically? I think that's a pretty easy question to answer, isn't it? What about when you have troubled times and you need someone to talk to? Would you rather talk to someone who's a pessimist? Or would you rather talk to someone that says, yes, you can? What, what, what about whenever you're really struggling with your faith? 
Whenever those storms are here, whenever that hope doesn't seem to be apparent, whenever you have those times, would you rather have a Christian brother or sister say, you know what, you're right, with pessimism? Or would you rather have one that says, I've got some optimism for this, because I know that with the Lord we can do this today? Folks, we know that as Christians, our responsibility is to be an optimist. That doesn't mean that we're not going to keep it real. Of course, we're going to keep it real. Sometimes bad things happen. But what it does mean is no matter what, we know that there's a better day coming. And with that hope that we have, like I mentioned before, it brings rewards. Hope is going to bring rewards to your life that you might not have grasped yet. A peace that passes understanding. A patience. That optimism that says, I'll never give up on myself, on you, because I'm never giving up on God. What happened with the 12 spies? And 10 were bad, and 2 were good. And at that point, at that point is when God said, Ain't none of y'all going to the promised land. Except for Joshua and Caleb. Anybody who was old enough to be of military age. Any man, you're not going in. Aaron, you're not going in. Moses, you're not going in. Why didn't you trust me? Joshua, Caleb, you're going to lead the way. You're going to be leading the next generation 40 years from now. You're going to be the guys because you believed because you had hope the other 10 guys didn't go in that promised land now let's think about this again for a second you and your lives as christians as believers what do you see would you please pray with me most gracious heavenly father We thank you so very much for giving us hope by sending us the Savior. Lord, help us to have confident hope. Help us to have that hope, that that kind of hope, Lord, that people ask us why. And when then those opportunities come, help us, Lord, to then give all the credit to you. Help us to be optimisms, optimists of faith, with, with optimism that is unquenchable. Lord, help us to be realists too. To understand that there are bad things. That bad things do happen. But that does not change our hope in you. No matter what those might be. Lord, I ask that you will strengthen us right now. Help us all to have a new sense of hope as we go our separate ways today. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to serve you more faithfully. Lord, we know to do that. We've got to have that hope. Help us to hope today. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.